Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. Aloha, everyone. Welcome back to Multifamily Live. I am super excited for our guests today. They are members of the seven figure flipping and seven figure multifamily communities. They are my friends, Jennifer and Jason Ross. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. (laughs) So happy to have you. So Jennifer and Jason are real estate investors who began investing in single family rentals in California in 1995. We are going to take it back there. We're going to talk about that. They added wholesaling and flipping in Missouri in 2018 and continue to rehab wholesale, invest in single family rentals along with wholetailing and have recently added their first multifamily property to their portfolio. Again, welcome Jennifer and Jason. Thank you. Super excited to have you here. We have a journey to take my listeners on today. So why don't we start that journey back in in uh, 1995, when you decided to get into real estate in California? Well, that's way back. I'm, I'm going to date myself here. Uh, you ever heard of Carlton Sheets? Yes. <laughs> so we saw an infomercial from him and uh, actually bought his course and went through that. And uh, On cassette tape. <laughs> yeah, it was wow. on cassette tapes back then. I and that's that. kind of how Rewinding. we... Uh, Remember having to stick your finger in there if it was like it got all like weird and you had to like try and like unstick it and like put your finger in and like rewind it. Oh, (laughs) things that kids don't have to deal with today. Anyway, back to back to Mr. Sheets and your start in in 1995. Yeah, so that that was really we wanted a different way to make money. We I think have been entrepreneurs at the heart forever. So when we saw that, we we're like, Hey, you can make money by buying rentals when we had rented homes. So, I mean, we understood the premise. And so we went through the course and tried to buy some rentals, but as kids, we were barely in our twenties and one second, I'm sorry, you guys have to be quiet now. I can barely hear them. That's fine. <laughs> if yes. you're wondering what, who and what Jennifer's talking to, uh, she was talking to her children this is, we're still in COVID at this point for anyone who listens to this 20 years from now. So we have our families at home. So we're going we're gonna to be good with that. Go ahead, Jennifer. And we homeschool. So um, yeah, so we, we just realized there was a different way to make money. And so we just started getting, we tried to get into rentals. Um, bought our first one in 95 and had some issues with that. We really were kind of in over our heads at that point. Um, but we did, we made some money, we rented it out. And then at the first opportunity, we sold it, (laughs) um, took like a five-year break and then moved to Missouri in 02. We we had some equity. We had about a hundred thousand dollars equity in our home in California. And that's at the point that we were like, well, we had six kids at the time. We thought we don't want to raise them in California and let's go ahead and sell our house and go to Missouri. We can buy houses for six to $10,000 a piece. And so we came out here and we bought like 18, 18 properties. Yeah, with 18 doors. Yeah. And I was managing all those myself. And uh, 
when I look back at those times and even back then I felt, I'm like, I'm just a kid. What am I going to this man and say, Hey, give me a rent. What, what if he doesn't pay the rent or I have to fix something? So I, I just felt, uh, I don't know, I was just young and I didn't have the experience and I was in a new area, didn't know what to do or even hire anybody. So I did everything myself. I did all the repairs. I managed everything and, uh, good, good learning curve. I mean, we did pretty good with it. Um, got a little overwhelmed after a few years of doing that and started selling off a few at a time and it got it down to more manageable uh, level. And we still have some of those, those original houses today. We still have those and uh, with us being like $1,200 a month still. And I'm talking about a property I bought for 10,000, another one for 2,000 and the other one was 6,500. And uh, we still have those today and they're still cash flowing. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, can you, I, I, my, my mind has just been blown, but I'm going to go back to what you said about being a kid and not knowing what you know now and thinking that, oh, why, why should I be the one to collect this rent? Why should I? I mean, maybe they're not going to pay me. Maybe this, maybe that. Can you speak a little bit into that mindset that you had and how it's changed today, to, to today? So back then, uh, I felt kind of intimidated. Um, I didn't know how I was going to deal with somebody if they didn't pay or if they needed something fixed that I couldn't fix. I'm pretty handy, but what if I got over my head and I couldn't fix the problem and I didn't know who to go to? Um, so I guess I was kind of in that mindset. I didn't have anybody to go to to uh, mentor me or help me or ask questions to. I was just running solo. So, um, like, yeah, the learning curve was hard. And I always put my mind to things. If, I, if, I, if you give it to me, I'll figure it out eventually. I'll get it. I can do it. But I still felt overwhelmed at that point. Uh, I love you? that. Actually, Jennifer, I have my, my next question is for you. So what are the steps that you started taking to get yourself out of that mindset and to take the step forward? I think a lot of it was the school of hard knocks and just kind of going through it. Yeah, you know, as you, you just persist that our goal was to have rentals and to provide for our family that way. And so we just kept at it. We kept learning. Um, you know, we added to our knowledge a little bit here and there. Nothing like we're doing now with the seven figure groups. I mean, having that mentorship is, I mean, game changer, clearly. But just just going through it, just committing to it and being willing to learn the hard way sometimes. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty pretty much sums up kind of our mindset back then and how we were doing things. No, I get that. And it, it allows you to make your own mistakes, right? I mean, there's something to be said to of learning from the mistakes of others, but it's stronger when you make your own, quote, mistakes, but you grow from them. So you went through from 1995 into 2002, when you moved to Missouri, you took down those 18 doors and you sold some and you're growing from there. What happened when you joined Seven Figure Flipping? How did that take your business to the next level? You know, I, sometimes we don't look back enough to see where we've come from, but it's funny. If I look back over 1995 to 2018, when we joined Seven Figure, we had purchased 18 rental homes and done two flips. From 2018 to today, we're over 100 in 
rental, well, I mean, we don't have a hundred rentals, but like we bought the rental homes, we flipped, I don't know how many off the top of my head, um, whole tailing the whole thing. I mean, there's just growing up, the, just, there's such a difference when you do something like that, when you get that mentorship and you get in a group that can teach you. And it, that probably didn't answer your question. Though, did it? <laughs> so having a support there, um, if you have a problem you can't deal with, there's 20 other people that have, and you can ask that question and get the answer and uh, makes it that much easier. If you have more solutions to your problems, pick one, go with it, solve the problem and move on to the next thing. And then when you see these other people that are successful and scaling around you and you can do what they're doing, yeah, I mean, you just copy what they're doing. You, you, you know, I mean, you have to be really stupid not to be able to do that. So <laughs> actually you both, just answered, you both just answered my question perfectly. I mean, you took, and just pointing that out because it's rare that I do that as well. Like where my Jason and I sit down and we're like, okay, where were we at, at 1995? Where were we in the early 2000s? How has our real estate portfolio grown? And it's amazing when you actually sit down and see, okay, what were the pinpoints of our journey that allowed us to grow? So for you, it was moving to Missouri in 2002, you went up to 18 and that's huge. For anyone that's listening right to this right now, you've heard some numbers from Jennifer and Jason, and they've gone from 18 to 100 plus real estate transactions since 2018. So they went from 18 in 2002 to 2018. They joined a mentorship program and their world explodes. It's just showing you what, what mentorship and what having help and support can do for you, right? So exactly. now, so now you've joined uh, Seven Figure Multifamily and you've taken down your first multifamily property and you've added that to your portfolio. Tell me a little bit about that property and tell me how it's going. So actually, believe it or not, a broker posted this property on Facebook. I thought it was a come on. I thought he was getting uh, information. I was looking for maybe build a buyer's <laughs> list. I wasn't sure what he was doing, but it didn't look legit. And uh, I showed it to my son-in-law and he's like, what? Why haven't you called on that? We, should, we just go look at it. So look at it right now. And uh, so I called the guy and uh, he was legit. And he showed me around the uh, apartment building. We ended up actually buying that apartment building uh, with some great terms. Um, I ended up putting 50,000 down on it. Um, purchase price was 200,000. And he carried 150,000 at two and a half percent for 10 years. And then uh, actually, uh, there's a bonus to that that I just found out here lately. Uh, the basement was unfinished, and there's already a bathroom and some rooms framed down there. And there's room for another two-bedroom apartment down there. And then there's room for another one up in the attic, and it has a separate entrance to it. So, so it's going to be a 22-unit. <laughs> I like if you see me on if you're watching on YouTube you probably can see my face I'm not sure I almost exploded but I have to realize I have to keep my tone down so I don't blow out anybody's ears as you're listening to this congratulations <laughs> I mean Thanks. talk about adding value when you can actually add more units and, and that's something you didn't expect so just think of like just the the return on your investment the return on your I was going to say your investor's investment, but you have, you did a, you said a carry back. So yeah. that's amazing. Took it, down our, took it down ourselves. And it's right across the street from a lake. You can walk across the road and the lake's right there. So it's a great location. Huge congratulations to you, both of you. 
because, and it, it just goes to show, just put the work in and great son-in-law, by the way. <laughs> oh, I have a story about that too. Go so, ahead. Uh, so the same broker, I, I always ask people, no matter where I go, what, doesn't matter if I'm buying a single family, multifamily, whatever it is, do you have any other properties for sale? I'm looking for more multifamily. He says, yes, but you wouldn't like location. Try me. What do you got? So uh, he's like, I got a 40 unit uh, motel. And he tells me it's, it's in this little town of Lebanon. I'm like, that's my second market. I just started here in a couple months back in this, the same market. Right. And uh, I've actually been watching the building over there for about a year because my brother lives there as well. And it's a dilapidated motel. I've been, I've just been watching it. I said, uh, where's that thing located at? And he tells me it's over here. It's off this exit off the highway. I'm, I said, I've been watching that for over a year. It's the same building. So uh, long story short, we set that up for my son-in-law and uh, he sent a contract out on that yesterday. And uh, we picked that up for 500,000. He's putting uh, 50,000 down on that one as well. They're carrying it for 5% for 10 years. And it should cash flow at, at 60%. It should cash flow about 300K a year. So he's gonna do really well with that. My face hurts. I'm smiling so bad. I want like I like when I hear stories like this. I just want to like start crying because it's like, well, it goes to show. It's like all the things you hear. Always ask, and you're a prime example. Always ask. Ask people if they have another property. Ask people how you can help them. Ask. Just ask and ask and ask and keep that connection going. What an amazing story. So. I actually wanted to pivot just a little bit because you mentioned that you homeschool and a lot of people right now are homeschooling or doing a half and half subject. So how, and you can talk about anything about your family too. How is raising of your family and the raising of your business going for you right now? We've always homeschooled. It's not just a COVID thing. Um, we still have six at home, five that are still in school. So um, it, how are they doing? They're, they're doing well. We like to, I like to try and add in, uh, not during homeschool days, but just um, because this is our business and our family business, I want to add that to the kids. I want to teach them what we're doing. And I think you, they, they get some of it by osmosis. Um, but our oldest son just bought one of our wholesale deals. He's, he's 30. Our oldest is 30. So him and his girlfriend are here in town, um, flipping this house. So they're rehabbing it themselves. And it's the first thing that he's done. I mean, he's known about our business forever. Um, so he's doing that. And she actually quit her job. She told me, she's like, yeah, I quit. I quit my full-time job. I can make more doing this than I could in an entire <laughs> year working. <laughs> No, he asked, he asked a lot of questions. He like, especially into our finances or well, what do you do in a year? And how, how many houses are you flipping? And like, he wants to know everything. So this is his first deal. Um, he's going to flip it, make his money. And I hope he keeps going with it. I think they'll do well. Yeah. He's well connected. He knows me. I mean, <laughs> he wants to do some sort of house hack. He wants to buy a duplex, live in one side, rent out the other side. Um, We've got another daughter, our 19-year-old daughter, that is saving money to buy her first rental home. So I think it just kind of goes down the line. And our oldest daughter, her husband, is the one that told my, 
um, my husband was talking about that, uh, that property that we got, um, and he's full-time in the business with us. So yeah, a lot of the kids, the older ones, um, I think we're teaching them so much about this business just by living it and able to answer the questions. And so I love being able to do that for the kids. And so to go back to uh, our son is doing the flip, um, probably should mention this. So he asked, well, how do you finance it? How do you pay for your materials? How does it work? So I actually set him up with my hard money lender. I want him to go through the whole whole deal, like just like anybody else would. So he puts some money down. He's got a hard money lender and uh, he, he's doing it just like an investor would. So we'll see how it goes. Like I'm right now in my head is just like hashtag goals. My children <laughs> are seven, five and three, you know this. And just hearing you speak, and I think I, I'm going to speak for a lot of the parents that are listening to this right now. It gives me such happiness if we're going to, if we, uh, happiness, uh, like, uh, I can't think of a better word, just the happiness, because just knowing that your children have watched what you've been doing, have taken the steps to, to follow in your footsteps. I'm not saying that that's going to happen with my children. I'm going to give them the opportunity to follow, but just the fact that they have, and that. We always talk about wanting to leave a legacy for our children, right? right? And I'm sure you have that and you're you've set some stuff aside for them. But the legacy part can also come in the form and for you has also come in the form of education by simply doing and being. You've taught your children how to take care of themselves. And that is a goal that I want to have that I am having that I'm working on right now with my seven, five, and three-year-old. So thank you for sharing that story. You said something important there. Um, a lot of parents teach their kids things and expect them to run in their business and do what they do. I think we need to teach them what we do, um, let them get in there, feel it, see if they like it. But it's not for everybody. Every kid's different. And uh, find out where your kids excel and what their interests are and, and just push in those directions, not expect them to do what you do but teach them what you do. I love it. To give them the options, to give them the opportunity, but not the expectation. I yeah. love it. Yeah, we do. We do. Our 22 year old son, we did teach him a lot of what we know, especially the construction side of it when we were doing that. And after a while, just, it's not his interest. <laughs> not at all. He has different interests and that's fine. And he's been with me for, a, he's on a job site for like eight or 10 years doing different things. He can build from the ground up he doesn't like it he doesn't doesn't enjoy it so and i'm good with that i taught him he can do it not your thing cool do what you do well the funny thing is is that if he's been doing it with you for eight ten you said 12 years maybe eight to ten years he's kind of done a business and now it's time for his next business <laughs> right. exactly so i could talk i could actually turn this all into a homeschooling uh a homeschooling thing because I would I would love to pick your brains on how you homeschool how you how you've done it throughout the years um, because we are in the process of deciding whether or not because our seven-year-old decided he wanted to go back to school and we let him make that decision he said go try it and if you don't like it we can always bring you home but let us segue back into real estate um, and it keep your family in this discussion. What does the future look like for you as homeschooling parents, 
as entrepreneurs, as investors that have been doing this since 1995. You have years of experience and background behind you. You can pinpoint those times when your business has skyrocketed. Is that next point coming? And what does it look like in the future? What are your goals? Goals right now, uh, it's always been to have the residual income to free up our time. I love doing travel with my family, uh, do things with my kid, uh, like make sure their interests are taken care of. We have uh, sons that play soccer and they shoot archery and uh, I don't know, just, just different things that they enjoy doing. And I want to be able to have time to do that with them. Um, so I guess building up our residual income and I see that coming through uh, multifamily as well as building up our single family. Um, getting a little bit bored with the single family stuff is good. But uh, once once you go big, it's hard to fight the little stuff again. <laughs> I understand uh, that. <laughs> How about you, Jennifer? Where do you think it's going to go from here? Yeah, I, well, I agree with what he said. It's like playing Monopoly. You've got all the little houses, but really you just want the hotel. Uh-huh. I think when a husband and wife work together in the same business, it's good to have separate roles. So you're not kind of walking all over each other and meshing everything. I don't know how it works with you and Jason, um, but we do keep a little bit separate inside the business. And so Jason, does, you know, he's working on multifamily. He takes care of the wholesaling and the flipping and all of that. And my goals are a little bit separate. It's still real estate related, but it's more um, on development. I've been researching the last two years about developing an agricultural neighborhood, and that's really where my focus is right now. <laughs> Did you just see so, me get really excited? <laughs> yes. Okay, so before we go into your agricultural neighborhood idea, because that is something I am totally into, we could be talking about that for the next half hour. Let's talk about the connection between you, Jennifer, and Jason, both of you as entrepreneurs, a husband and wife couple that has been doing this for ages. What are some key pieces of advice that you can give to couples and partners? Because honestly, partners are basically married. What can you give to partners that promotes longevity? I'd say always be heading in the same direction. If you guys are off going different directions, you end up arguing or just not not staying focused as well. Um, big thing. And I, I mean, communication is huge. If you guys don't have communication, you're going to argue and fighting over. I mean, anything it could be anything. So communication's huge on that. And like I said, I would say know your roles and know your strengths and weaknesses. Um, a lot of, we, we argued a little bit for the last couple of years over certain things. And I think a lot of it came from me doing things that I hated, <laughs> just couldn't stand for whatever reason. So we hired a VA and that made a huge difference. I just pointed at myself and said, same, <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. When you get to a certain point, you can start leveraging people to do those things that you might not necessarily, like you know that they need to get done, but you're not necessarily the best person for them. And you're at that point where you don't need to be doing it, that if you want to, you should be spending more time with your children. Or if you want to, you can go do extraordinary conferences like the one you just did, or focus on your passion, which sounds like uh, our agricultural communities. So I just mentioned two subjects right there. So let's talk about your passion, which is 
agricultural communities because that's something I'm looking to do in Hawaii. And then let's segue into more real estate. Nice. Yeah. So we, we lived on 10 acres when we moved to Missouri, had the whole country lifestyle. We're part of a large homeschooling group, had a lot of friends for the kids and all of that, but then we moved and we lost all of that. And we moved several hours away. We don't have the same friends. It's difficult when you don't live nearby and we live out in the country again. Um, And my, my first reason for wanting to create that is really just wanting to create a community for the kids for the family. Um, and then, you know, the access to all the fresh food and it's kind of getting to be a little bit more important <laughs> in our world. Um, and it's just, I don't know, it's just that whole, uh, those are those are like my reasons for wanting it to having that passion to really developing it. And now it's just turned into kind of a, you know, it's taken on a life of its own. Um, so I've spent two years researching and visiting different ones. Um, so much work goes into it when you, you know, when you go from single family rentals to developing an entire, you know, mini town. (laughs) When you're creating your own community, but that kind of goes hand in hand, what we're doing in multifamily real estate, except you're creating it from the ground up and you're providing food. So I completely understand, but taking those two and meshing it somehow, I mean, there's so much we can do in this space and to what you're saying, yes, we need to create communities where we can grow together and maybe grow food together and really connect on that one-on-one because as the world gets bigger as we dive into metaverse and as we dive into more just being on the internet all the time I mean if if COVID taught us anything it's that we can connect with people all over the world but are we connecting with our neighbors do you actually know your neighbor's name If you live in an apartment complex, do you know the people that live on your floor? So coming back to those basic like human connection one-on-one, actually touching each other and breathing the same air um, safely, that's that's huge. So let's segue into into this incredible conference that you just did with with our dear friends at Seven Figure Flipping. Uh, this would be Flip Hacking Live, and you were both speakers at Flip Hacking Live. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, this year, uh, she actually, she spoke, and she did a fantastic job. She nailed it up there. Yay! <laughs> so, how, so how did it go? What did you talk about? Let us know. Um, yeah, it went good. Um, I, my the subject, I think the title was something like how we made $70,000 from just spending 1000 in marketing. So not bad. We we're in a small market here. Springfield, Missouri is about 169,000. And we got into a secondary market where that, um, another one of that my son-in-law's multifamily is that's Lebanon, Missouri. It's about 14,000 people. So you would think, okay, there's not a lot of space there to, you know, invest and wholesale, but we decided to try it anyway, because we knew that they lacked rentals. So there's a lot of areas in the Midwest where you just need more rentals. And so it's a good space to get into. So we spent a thousand dollars on a list and sent out the postcards. We do direct mail marketing and got about 31 calls, which turned into a dozen appointments and five contracts which we've closed on three of those. And so we will net about 78,000 just from that little town of 14,000 people. So that's what I talked about. 
that is amazing. I mean, just the just the turn on. You said a thousand dollars for the list. You put out the postcards to that list. You got thirty-one phone calls. You got a dozen appointments, five contracts, three closings. That's huge. It is. That's huge. Those numbers are huge. Wow. It's funny. I you know you look at when you're making a lot more money than that. You you look at that seventy thousand. You think, oh well, that's not that much. But in my presentation at Flip Hacking, I actually compared it to the U.S. national average salary, which is 71000 So I'm like, you guys, this takes, takes people an entire year to make 70000 We made it in a couple of days. That is amazing. Well, I, I wish I could clap for you right now, but that would blow out people's ears. Right. Jennifer and Jason, thank you so very much for coming on. You have dropped so much knowledge. I am so honored to just know you. And if there is anything that you want to leave my listeners with, please, please let them know right now. Everybody has a couple acres in the Midwest. I need a place to set my caboose for an Airbnb. So <laughs> there you go. Tell them a little bit about this caboose, and which I'm really, really interested in because the bar that Jason and I met on was called the Laka, the Lackawanna, and it was a railroad barge at one point that was turned into a bar that was connected to, uh, uh, to the Chelsea Piers area. So tell us a little oh. bit about this, uh, this caboose that you bought. Yeah, crazy stuff I do. I was on Facebook and I found this caboose. Uh, this is several months ago for like thirty thousand, and I showed it to Jennifer, and she's she's like, "We, dude, when are you gonna buy that? What do you do with that?" She wasn't on board with it, and uh, so I let it go. And was that a was a multifamily meeting we're at? We're, we're at a, yeah, we were at our first multifamily meeting. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're sitting around the table, and, and uh, someone starts talking about a houseboat as an Airbnb. And I was like, I got a better one. I said, uh, I want to do this caboose. And I started telling my story how I didn't buy the caboose. And uh, so when we get home from this event, the next morning, Jenny pulls her phone out. Wow. She'll, she'll look. And she found this caboose. And it was, it was she got it for 10.5. It was in better shape. So uh, yeah, but that's the power of seven figure, right? Because at that table, the part that he forgot to say was all the encouragement. Why aren't you doing this? So he did. Yeah, they re-encouraged me. They were like, you should have done that. Why'd you buy it? And, and uh, so I got re-excited. She found the caboose and uh, I had appointments that day and I was trying to get a hold of the guy. And I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get all my work done by two, three o'clock. And uh, it was five and a half drive, five and a half hours up one way. So I went up, I bought the thing. I didn't get home till like two in the morning, but I was like super excited to get this caboose. Came with the tracks, the ties, everything. It's, it's ready to set up somewhere. So I'm looking for a piece of land for that. I'm hey. going to Airbnb it. Yeah. That's, that's my so if there. anyone has a piece of land, where did you need it? Midwest, between Springfield and Branson. Missouri. Somewhere in that area. Missouri, yeah. Between Springfield and Branson, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Rosses will buy that piece of land. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> you are both so amazing. My face hurts from smiling so much. Thank you so much. And before I let you go, if any of my listeners want to get a hold of you, how can they find you? Uh, the best way is probably on Facebook, just to search Jason or me. We're friends with Peely, so we'll be easy to find. <laughs> just look up Jennifer and Jason Ross. Thank you, both of you. And to everyone that's listening today, 
I am so grateful to you for listening. If you loved what you've heard, and I know you do, if your face is as sore as mine is, please rate, review, and subscribe. It would mean the world to me. Thank you so very much and have the best day. Aloha.